We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in possible. KC Laboratory, sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. Look, there's more options to do banking now more than ever. Who you work with is more important than how close they are to your home. Emprise has digital banking that meets you where you are, on your phone, on your computer, even your smartwatch. A trusted partner is at your fingertips. That is Emprise Bank, member FDIC, our partners impossible here at KC Sports Network. Can be your partners impossible if you give them a call. They've been absolutely wonderful to work with. It has been absolutely wonderful to work with Maddie Lane over the last five-ish years. We didn't work with him uh, on Sunday or Saturday, sorry. Uh, Matthew, how was your uh, how was your Saturday? It was good, you know. We got we got the season cooking up here in uh, you know, the in about a week, week and a half now, and then uh we got all the real fun stuff to start. So got one last vacation in up in the mountains, tried to watch the game with some mountain uh cell phone reception. That did not always go great. So I was a little busy during this game, but you guys you guys held it down. You guys uh did great. And speaking of great, I've already seen it in the chat. Guys, yes, Craig is in oh well. Good Tuesday morning to you too, Alan. It is a Monday night here. I know it's Tuesday where you are, and uh, we appreciate you staying up late to hang out with us. But uh, Craig is great. Craig is not here. Craig is busy saving the world. You know, if without him, if he were here right now, the world would be in great peril. So that's why he's not here. In case anyone is wondering, he's got you. He's got your guys back. He's uh he is playing in an intergalactic basketball game against the Monstars right now. Uh, prepping for what is shaping up to be a giant media tournament at some point in Kansas City. 
me and Maddie are like putting our one-on-one differences aside to join up in in what is shaping up to be a three-on-three tournament through, throughout KC Media at some point here. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to we'll have to put our differences aside at least for a little bit. Um, Maddie, we really haven't got a ton of your takes yet from that game. So this is a perfect forum for us to kind of hear that and kind of get some of your feedback. I want to know, like, uh, I mean, you've written a little bit. I think you're starting to get ready for your article on Wednesday. What are we going to expect from you on Wednesday? Okay. Uh, so last week I kind of did some version of a stock report on the wide receiver position and guys that, you know, I think you should have been buying up all their stock and who you should be monitoring, so on and so forth. This week, I think we're going to do the same, but for the cornerback spot. Mm. And now I don't think the cornerback position is quite as jumbled as the wide receiver position. I think it's a little bit more set in stone besides maybe one spot. But I do think there's been a little bit more movement that we've seen through these preseason games on guys that you should kind of be hanging your hat on, guys you shouldn't. And I mean, like, I guess we can just kind of start there. That's exactly where I wanted to go. Let's do it. All right, so I've been championing for DiCaprio Boodle being safe to make this roster because he's the backup slot defender, the only one. He has special teams value because that's when he played for the Chiefs last year. Like, they were okay. They were comfortable with him playing there. I thought for sure he was a lock. Get through two preseason games now, and there's been a lot more up-and-down play for Boodle than a lot of the other corners. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say – just because Chris Lamont's had a pick in a PBU on two awfully thrown plays in which he was probably beat on both of them regardless, that makes him better. But I don't know if the gap between what we've seen from DiCaprio Boodle and Chris Lamont's in terms of playing defense is big enough to justify not keeping the special teams stud that is Chris Lamont's over him. So like, I think DiCaprio Boodle has certainly played himself now out of what I considered a roster lock into definitely on the bubble mostly because he just he hasn't taken any of this playing time by the reins i yeah and i mean yeah i think chris lamont's is definitely like special teams wise he's he's a safe bet because that's a guy that dave tobe has trusted historically it's one of his favorite special teams players and i agree with you with the nature of the plays he made the plays were still made <laughs> and that's yeah but he like, was getting ripped off every other play I, every time he wasn't making a play he was getting torched i don't disagree but some of those plays late in the game you might yeah, you yeah, might have yeah. to pay attention to him a little bit so do we think i guess like my only question for you is if uh if if uh if chris lamont does make the team let's talk about jalen watson really quick because i my only concern is Jalen Watson making this football team at this juncture. Like, I think we have a pretty, we know the luxurious need Trent McDuffie, Rashad Fenton, Josh Williams, blocks Sharpie. Jalen Watson feels like he should be a Sharpie. That's where I get a little concerned. Do we think Jalen Watson is a Sharpie at this point? I do. Uh, I think he's, he's a guy that has probably played himself into that role. So, you kind of look at snap counts and when Jalen Watson's getting on the field, he's getting on there at the same time, essentially as DiCaprio Boodle. He's playing second team reps. You know, it's kind of like a combo second, third team reps, but that's the same thing Boodle's been doing. He's only doing it outside. The difference is he's playing exceptionally well at the corner. He's been arguably the Chiefs' best corner through two preseason games in terms of making consistent plays in the ball, not getting beat. He's just been shown very high IQ. Like he's done everything you've asked. And it's gone as far as that when Steve Spagnuolo was kind of pressed today about 
Rashad Fenton's injury and if Joshua Williams would be the next man up, Steve Spagnuolo voluntarily says Josh and Jalen, referring to Josh Williams and Jalen Watson. Like he is the one that put Watson out there. He talked earlier during training camp about trying to move a mysterious player around to the first team to get him playing faster. It was pretty clear it was Jalen Watson given the timing. And it almost looks like their tactics have worked because he's played really, really well. So I think he is closer to a lock than he is off the team. I don't. It's hard to give a guy a pure lock. I don't think the Chiefs going to keep him. If he doesn't make the 53-man roster, I don't think Jalen Watson is a Chief, whether it's the practice squad or whatever you want to call it. I think they lose him if they don't decide to keep him. 100% agree. I think this is a guy that they've got to figure out how to keep. Um, Lonnie Johnson's exit makes things a lot more I, I think the path for it's gonna sound weird but i think the path for jalen watson is a lot more clear that now now that lonnie johnson is out of the picture and i think that's probably i think lonnie johnson's out of the picture early because they like what they saw with jalen watson frankly so i i think i think we are trending towards jalen watson making this football team i'm very hot, excited about that he's a very fun player to watch this point i think there's a lot of special teams upside with jalen watson too like I think he's got a lot of the makings, the length, the 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 linear speed, the physicality, the willingness to tackle, the willingness to close, the willingness to play at high speeds downhill. Those are all traits that I think are going to play really well for him as a special teams contributor. It's going to help him stick around. But I mean, look, we saw. I'm not comparing him to Charvarius Ward, but he's long, he's physical, he's athletic linearly, and he wears the number 35. So, uh, <laughs> I, you know. I, I think there's some I think there's some there's some correlation to what C Spagnolo covets and what has had success in this scheme here in the past. I think Jalen Watson's trending towards uh towards a lock on this roster. Are there any other corners you want to talk about or anything that's interesting you about the cornerback position before we move on? I think that's the big ones. Um, I do know that Chris LeBond's like impressed some people. He did, like you said, he made plays when given the opportunity. I just, I went back and watched all the corner reps and like, he really was not good. And even on the, the deep PBU, he was beat by a good bit. The interception was thrown right to him. I don't think he was beat on that play, but he still gave up about three catches for 45 ish yards. Like I don't think he had a strong performance and he was playing against third stringers. He's not a defender. He's not a cornerback in that sense. He's a special teams player. So this is where I think it gets tricky. If you keep Watson and Joshua Williams and Chris Lamonds, you have greatly limited your, if LeJarius Steen gets hurt, who's playing in the slot? They haven't played anybody else in these preseason games in the slot. Even during training camp, it's consistently been Sneed and Boodle. Yeah, Rashad Fenton's done it in the past, but right now are we trusting him to stay healthy? They're only playing him on the outside. Trent McDuffie did it at Washington as a freshman. He I, he got a few reps. He, he did get a few reps in training camp at the uh, with yes. the threes, I believe. Yeah, and so it's just I don't see who the backup slot defender is if that is to happen. Should you make roster decisions entirely around an injury? No, but you would like to see some insulation. That's why I felt good about Boodle, but he just hasn't put his best foot forward once live action started. So like, I am curious to see what the Chiefs kind of see as their plan there. If the Chiefs kept DiCaprio Boodle over Jalen Watson even before week two, I would have been upset too. I just really oh, yeah. I want to hold on to Jalen Watson. Like I think this is a guy that they definitely need to see through for a while. Hey, if you're watching this channel, thank you all so much. Please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. Uh you know, it, it helps. Leave a comment. Tell us, you know, any any uh any cornerbacks that you think we should uh we should be having in 
or who you think should be in at the cornerback. Yeah, should it, no, tell us in the comments if you're watching. Should it be the last spot? Should it be Lamans or Boodle? I think everybody wants to keep Jalen Watson. The only person that might not would be Dave Tobin, the chief special teams coaches. I think all of us want to which, keep Watson. So tell us. Which matters. I mean, guys, it's going to matter. There's going I think to Spags be a- putting him out there, though. I think that eas- that That's eases helpful. my nervousness. Yes, that yes. eases my belief in him making this roster. I think, I mean, just know that, and this happens every year, there is some player that's going to make the roster purely for special teams because of the influence of Dave Tope at the bottom of the roster. It's going to happen. Just accept it and just hope one of those fun rookies doesn't come at the expense of it. So uh, We've got some questions about Nazee Johnson, so I just want to briefly include him. I think he looks lost when he's out there playing. Seabat, very good athlete. I think there's definitely upside there. When I watch him, he looks very, very lost. And I don't know if I've seen him pop enough on special teams to even think there's a chance he, you know, gets over Chris Lamont. He's a guy that I think 100% can make it to the practice squad. I don't Mm -hmm. think we've seen anything that says a team is going to go jump at him and then go give him, you know, a start, a 53-man roster role at this point. So I think you put him on the practice squad for sure. 100%. I think I think he's gonna easily clear, and if the Chiefs want to keep him around, which I think they should, and I think there's a been enough there from what we've seen at this point in training camp to warrant you know getting a long look in training or on the practice squad as well. I think that's entirely fair. You know, I, I think he's a guy that should kind of get that chance. So put him put him on the practice squad if you can. But I do like him. I mean, like like as Craig, you know, as Craig, you know, uh, his 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 cornerback athletic testing metric C bat. He's a tier one C bat. Those guys typically hit at a very high clip uh when when they get the opportunity especially obviously nazi playing outside corner you know that's that's something that, that the hit rate's pretty high for for that position um so uh it's great that we talk defense first when you craig's can take me here. wherever you want to go no Yo, this, God, is, this is fantastic craig's not here and Poor we can defense first We're honoring him. He's saving the human population. We're honoring him by talking defense, specifically the secondary first. Yeah, no, it's great. Uh, Anything else on on the defensive side of the ball that you saw, Matthew? I mean, how long do we have, right? No. Um, no, We'll we'll be brief with these. The linebackers, I think, are playing good. Well, okay. The first team linebackers are playing good. Willie Gay, Nick Bolton look very good. I like the addition of Leo Chanel's physicality with the first team. Dude, Elijah Lee's there was a bad. couple play, a couple plays Leo wrecked. Like he is he disrupting is. some gaps. Like his just dense power affects plays sometimes, and it's fun to watch. It is no, I I love what he brings to the starting roster. Elijah Lee is a very competent and fine player, and if that's your third linebacker that plays twenty five percent of the snaps, you are absolutely fine, no complaints. However. Leo Chanel out of those 25% of the snaps, he's going to make, you know, three-fourths of them matter, matter. And so I think he should get that role. I think when he's out there, it brings a little bit different. Maybe it's a rotation based on if they really think it's a run, you put Chanel out there. If it's neutral, you put Elijah Lee out there. Whatever you want to do. But first-team linebackers, I feel great about. Backup linebackers, opposite. Jermaine Carter can't move, man. He just can't move. And Darius Harris, I like him. I like the player. I like the guy. I think he's smart. I think he gets physically outmatched too often to feel good. I think this is also why you see a guy like Leo Chanel get the third string reps at linebacker to play Mike. I think that's why they get him back out there 
to start learning to call plays because I don't know if they want Darius Harris to be the guy that has to take over at Mike if Nick Bolton gets hurt. They're seeing if someone else can do it. It's like, I like the starting linebackers. I even think the depth for four deep is pretty good. I don't love anybody they have behind that. No one's really taken control. I do think Jermaine Carter is 100% on the bubble and threatening to be cut because he just, uh, I don't know what he brings to the table that everybody else doesn't do. I don't, I, I Jermaine Carter would be a big head scratcher for me if he makes this team. It would be special teams. It would be a toe. It would be a Dorian O'Daniel level move that he's super impressive on special teams. It would have yeah, to be. It, that's and the only way. Move, I just, so he, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't think he moved this bad. It, it, he was lighter. He looks noticeably bigger than he did last year for the Panthers. I do think he added some weight, whether asked to, not asked to, I have no idea, but it shows. Yeah, no, it, it definitely does. Uh, hey, quick question. Zach Tanksley asks if uh, Brian Cook could be a dime linebacker. Yes, he could. Um, the issue is... Why not just play Willie Gay in that role? I don't know if you're losing much difference. If you're if it's specifically a dime linebacker, why not just let it be Willie Gay if you're trying to add athleticism? I don't think they're that far apart in terms of their athletic profile. So just let it be Willie Gay if that's what you're looking for. You want to put Brian Cook next to him. Oh, let's go. But it's just a singular guy in the box as a linebacker. Just make it be Willie Gay if you're not relying on it being, you know, your starting quote unquote Mike and Nick Bolton. But I want to stay on Brian Cook because it's it's fascinating. Yeah. I think Brian Cook gets overlooked a lot. You know, as far as when you look at the entire totality of the draft class, he was a second round pick. So, I mean, early indications like what do you what are you seeing out of Brian Cook in your opinion? What what are the things you're liking out of Brian Cook to this point, or has he shown you much? I don't know if I've seen much in safety position for the preseason's hard because a lot of teams are really challenging you with their scheme and design, both offensively and defensively. So that makes it kind of hard. I don't know if I've seen him flash it. He hasn't looked bad by any means. I mean, he very much looks like he belongs on the field. He's a big dude. He'll come up and hit. You see him move with a purpose, but you also see times where he takes a little bit of time to read out a play where I think he does need to close a little bit quicker, where he does need to ID it faster. So he looks like a rookie safety to me out there trying to play. I think he's very comfortably the third safety. I'm not sure I haven't been more impressed with Deion Bush so far. Uh, I think is as far as I would go with, with him right now. Not that I feel bad about it. I thought second round was a little bit of a reach for Brian Cook. I don't know if I've really flipped that opinion as of yet. Uh, but yeah, Deion Bush, on the other hand, I think he's done some really nice stuff as a third safety, especially coming downhill to hit some guys. I don't feel bad about the safety position at all. I, I'm completely content with what they have to this point. I think Justin Reed's going to be just fine. Juan Thornhill, for what he's been, is still that guy. I mean, you you know, it, he's he's completely capable. Um, he's been he's been playing pretty well. I think coverage is still going to be his strength, uh, as opposed to playing in the run. Brian Cook, I I understand what you're saying. I do think there are times where he definitely looks like uh, a rookie safety, but I do think I, I look back to some of what we saw in training camp to now, and I do think he's processing a little bit quicker than he was for sure. Like it's definitely not, improvement. It's not play by play, which I think is ultimately what's gonna. Whenever that kind of comes in, is when he's going to really kind of turn when the lights gonna kind of turn on a little bit. But I do think that I, I think I think it's coming on quicker more often <laughs> you know and so that's yeah. been that's been kind of encouraging to watch there hasn't been a ton of opportunities to see him do things but you saw the outstanding close on special teams like 
there's something there with that physical profile, that size, that energy, that intensity. Those things will play once the instincts start kicking. And once, you know, he just starts kind of thinking a little bit less. We're getting closer and closer, um, I think, to that happening for him. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm curious. It's weird, like, Maddie, like, we still got, like, three weeks until the Chiefs play. <laughs> and it sucks. Oh, is it really that long? It's like, oh, man. Yeah, we have September 11th, their first game. And mm. so, like, the last time, we're, it's going to be three-plus weeks between the last time we see the Chiefs first team and second team offense play on saturday to when they play for real against arizona it's wild to think about that's like basically the it's near the same amount of time from rookies or from veterans reporting to training camp okay you don't saturday. think the stars are gonna play this upcoming weekend i don't think so they didn't play did they, they didn't last I thought they did last year oh they did I, it i don't think they I did thought last the, year. i thought the fourth game like the usual fourth game like uh lineup is what they dropped maybe i'm wrong maybe i misremember that's something to look back at because who that'll be disappointing um, I I don't I can't I'll go look real quick, but I don't think they played last year. I yeah I, maybe not. Um, and th- I mean that would be that would be rough, right? Like that would be that would be a hard pill to swallow. But it is what it is. I yeah. Agree oh, with wait, Mahomes did play. You're right. Mahomes did play the third game last yeah, year. So maybe we will get to see it. Like the first, like the, the games one, two, three last year. Now will they do that this year? As good as the offense has been so far, I don't know. Like you mean, what's the point of sending the first string offense out there at this point, right? Like they're. They are clearly operating very well. And Matt Kinder says the game is also on Thursday. And that's what I thought, which is kind of why I was surprised it was so long. But I mean, so I think they play Thursday, right? So if it Am is I... Thursday, then it's two and a half weeks. Yeah. They're gonna still, be two and it's still a half long time, time, right? We're going a long time without the, seeing the Chiefs play. So hopefully the starters play, because I would like to see some more of these guys. I don't think a lot of first team stuff on defense is really up for grabs. You're kind of essentially watching if Fenton's not out there who's taking his place when they go with three cornerbacks and who's winning the Sam role. Like I think everything else is kind of settled and who's um, lining up on special teams. Right. No, <laughs> I was thinking just defense. Cause I okay. figured we were probably done with defense. You've probably like, you're probably ready to pull your hair out. We've talked defense so much. You know, um, you know what, Maddie, you know what makes me pull my hair out? Can you tell me not getting my morning coffee? And oh. I love myself some morning coffee. I went ahead and I signed up for trade coffee uh, I went through the quiz. They kind of asked me, you know, my coffee preferences, uh, as far as like, even how I, how I purchase it, how I, do I do K cups? Do I do, you know, uh, a French press? Do I do pour over all that stuff? Uh, do I just do a traditional pot, which is what I do. We do a traditional, we're a traditional pot family. Now. I don't know if you knew that about us, Matthew, but we're just a traditional coffee pot family now, but I took the quiz and, uh, I've got a, uh, I've got a bag of coffee coming from Oregon this week that I'm really excited, uh, to try. And I got it from trade coffee. Uh, they connect customers to the freshest and best tasting coffee they've ever made at home by partnering with the country's best craft ro- roasters. These are independent businesses from big cities and small towns. Trade customers are truly impactful for these independent roasters, often being the largest source of new growth for them. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off their first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash KCSN. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get start by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash KCSN and let Trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com slash KCSN for $30 off. Make sure you check it out. It's uh, it's it's a it's a cool experience. They're gonna match you up with something that you like. 
I'm more of a dark roast guy. I don't know what you, Maddie, you're a dark roast guy too. Was it? Yes, I'm a dark roast guy. Um, I've hung out with Craig Stout too much though. I've become a bit of a coffee snob, right? Like I just a pot of coffee from like a hotel room. No way. No way. So trade trade is something that I need in my life. I yeah, need you- high quality coffee. Craig and I, one, we drink a lot of coffee when we hang out together, but we drink a lot of good coffee. So like stuff, having trade around has been fantastic because again, this guy's turned me into a coffee snob. He's made me such a better person, but one of them is just increasing my <laughs> my coffee standards. It's wild. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dark Rose is where it's at, Matt Kittner. You're right. That is that is the best. I <laughs> I'm a big Dark Rose coffee guy. Maddie and Craig, wherever we go, they always have to get up two hours early to go find good coffee and good breakfast. Fact. That's <laughs> like, true. I they're like strict breakfast eaters when we go out. Like when we were in Vegas, they went to breakfast every morning. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I'm ex- I was exhausted after every night at the Shrine Bowl. Like I mean, we're walk. We'd walk twenty five thousand steps a day. Like I'm exhausted. They'd get up at six thirty. I'm like, what are you doing? Got to get your calories in for all that walking. What are you talking about? Oh, got to get them calories in. Okay, before we move off defense, Kent, I got you know. I I listened to the post game show. I actually did. I know. Uh Surprising. I listened. I want you to tell me what is your what is the most important take from the defense that you had from the game. Ooh, uh, George Karloftis is going to help this football team. How about that? Like, I, I think what? you're continuing to see two straight weeks of him being able to produce in a real life setting. And yes, it was effort sack. It was it was a good coverage on the back end of the defense enough to get Carson Wentz to hold on to the football. But, you know, uh, he got double teamed. He got held and he's continued to finish through the play to get the sack. I am a little bit worried about George Karloftis when it comes. I mean, I the bend that we've, you know, he's improved with his bend, and I still think there's more flexibility and fluidity through his frame. But he gets washed wide and washed <laughs> deep a lot. I don't know if you if you had the same kind of sentiment. There's still like going to be a lot of a lot of moments where he's just out of the play. But the effort, the intensity, like this is going to help this football team. This team needs this. And it's encouraging to see him go back to back weeks of doing that. Uh, yeah. When Craig and I did a film room last week, we, I pulled, I very specifically made sure I included a clip where now it was on a, there was a blitz coming. He was trying to hold a rush lane. So he wasn't really trying to do anything but rush wide, but he tried to rush wide. And I wanted to make sure I pointed out that there's still, this is not a speed rusher. This is not a guy that is just going to run under the table around the outside. That's not going to be his game. He 100% has to clear hands has to soften the corner if he wants to win on the outside. I'm still impressed. If he can clear his inside hip from a a, a tackler, if he can soften that shoulder to keep that outside hand off of him and he can clear his inside hip, whether right or left, he can step through and then turn. He's strong enough and stout enough that when he steps through, he's made actually really good tight turns in preseason of both games. So I'm not as worried. I just think you have to reset the expectations that this is not a speed rusher in any sense of the word. But yeah. There was, there's still some, a lack of consistency. I think he's still learning how to rush wide up the arc when he can't just always cross back over to the inside. I do think he looked good. I just, yeah, I think it's a learning process. I think, um, no, here's my follow-up. Does he end up playing more or less snaps than Carlos Dunlap in week one of the regular season? More. More or less than Mike Dana in week one of the regular season? Less. Hashtag Steve Spagnolo. <laughs> No, that was my. That's what I want to see. I, I, I think my day has shown me nothing that makes me want to put him on the football I, field. But. You're right, but Rashad Fitton walked onto the field and was the starting cornerback in base. 
So, I mean, Steve Spagnolo, I, I mean, I, this isn't, I mean, this is an entire criticism. He just likes to lean on, on older vets. Like that's just something that's always been, I, part of me, this is just part conspiracy theory. I think Ben Neiman uh -oh. has no business not being on the chiefs as a backup linebacker. I just don't know if the personnel staff can trust that the chiefs won't, or that spags won't throw him out there. <laughs> I honestly think because like I would love to have like I would I would take Ben Neiman over uh, Darius Harris 10 times out of 10. I mean, the Chiefs did for two straight years. So exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, genuinely like I just it's almost like they they're trying to, you know, save Spags from himself. <laughs> maybe. Almost. No, I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad thing because, yeah, I think Ben Neiman absolutely belongs. I, I think Ben Neiman is a backup linebacker in the league, a backup will, a backup Mike, and then a special team star is a completely, completely fine role for him. And I don't. I don't know if he's like one of the first linebackers you want to step in and be a starter in case of an injury, but he's definitely in the top five to 10 backup linebackers in the NFL, given like what all he can do. And the fact that he's not in Kansas city when they're signing, bringing in Jermaine Carter and Elijah Lee, who Elijah Lee's fine, but like, it's just like you could find a use for Ben Neiman, but I get the idea that if yes, yeah, if he's there, SPAC is going to start him. Uh, I have one more thing defensively. You can hit me up after. Do you, you mentioned it, so I wanted to bring it up. Rashad Fenton got CB2 reps over Trent McDuffie when the Chiefs went base briefly. I don't think it was every time they went base into the first team, but it did happen where Rashad Fenton took first. It was Rashad Fenton and Legereus Steen, and Trent McDuffie was off the field. Do you think that's A, Steve Spagnuolo saying, I like this combination better, or do you think it's B, Rashad Fenton hasn't had as many reps so far. We want to see if we can get him more reps because he is coming back from injury. Oh, I hate this question. I think it's probably a little bit of, I like this combination better right now. Like I genuinely, and I'll, I'll say right now, I genuinely think like there is something innately. I think Spag has even joked about, he doesn't like to throw rookies out there. There is a genuine like desire to be old and stay old, you know, and stay veteran on, on, on the field as much as he possibly can. Like I genuinely think there's a little bit of there with Spax. I know, like obviously, like they've played they've played rookies before, but I mean Juan Thornhill's opportunities. Like Juan Thornhill was playing well his rookie year, and it took you know late until the year before he was getting the kind of snaps that we all hoped he would. So like, I think there's probably a little bit of just I'm this you know this is my guy. I'm riding with this guy. I I want the veteran out there now. I genuinely think that there's a little bit of that with him. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that that's the case. I am. The, what holds me back from fully buying in, Trent McDuffie gets off the field quick, man. The Chiefs do not play him deep into games. He comes off the field the moment Justin Reed, Legereus Steen, Juan Thornhill, Frank Clark, Chris Jones, like all the starters, when they come off the field, Trent McDuffie's off the field. Rashad Fenton stayed out there. That's how he ended up getting hurt again. I guess the hip injury happened the next series. And Trent McDuffie was already gone. Trent McDuffie didn't come back in. So, like, the Chiefs snap management decisions tell you that Trent McDuffie is as vital as any other defender on the roster. However, they also trotted Rashad Fenton out there in base at one point in time. Maybe it's for a run defense reason. I don't know if Trent McDuffie has done anything to say that he can't defend the run well. He's actually tackled pretty well. Yeah, he's seen tackled so far. pretty well, yeah. I don't know. It's just, I thought that was interesting. That was one of the snap count things that jumped out to me. So we will get to offense. I just, you know, you got anything else left on defense? You got no, I want to get to offense. I want to get to offense. Let's go. Well, okay, hold on. One more thing. You, you said that already. I know, but this is a good one. This okay. is a good one. All right. So Fine. what was the biggest difference between week one and week two in the preseason? 
Justin Reed didn't kick a field goal in week two. And guess what? The Chiefs missed one. Yeah, I think I there's a controversy. Uh, there's a there's a there's a kicker controversy coming. So doesn't matter if you can boot a 74 yarder before the game starts. If you're gonna walk out there and miss a routine field goal, well, my starting safety can go out there and nail 100 percent of his kicks. Listen here, buddy, we got a problem. Did you hear Harrison Butker's comment on Justin Reed kick? He's like, yeah, you know, the, the stride, you know, it's like, it takes a little long. Like he's ha- he had like a little bit of criticism. Like he was threatened. Like Harrison's I like, bet. Harrison's feeling, the, he's feeling threatened a little bit. That's, I think that's probably why he missed it. Really? Yeah. These, the, the pressure of the competition is just too intense. You know, it's I, just, I've seen it. I've seen it before. It's, it's it, that's, we, listen, we got to be careful here. Like, right, kickers are like notorious for having fragile like egos when it comes to kicking. Like, that's a big thing. It's all mental for kickers. If Harrison Bucker starts missing because he feels Justin Reed breathing down his neck, I don't know. Dave Tobe might have to step in and do something about it because I mean, Justin Reed, I'm just saying, 100. Uh, percent I think I think you're absolutely right. Uh, thank you all for watching right now. Please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. We're about to get into the offense, uh, which is. You know, uh, the it's it's fitting that we waited. You know, we 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 led with the defense uh, in honor of Craig, as we tonight, should. As we should. Um. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I, I'm going to start the offensive side of the ball with this, Matthew. Tucker, Please. mark this. I've been thinking about this for a while. I've had this in the in the in the talk. When we talked to Nate T- Tice, I kind of had that. I threw this thought out here early in the summer. You ready? Y'all ready here on the on the live stream? Here we go. Oh, we're Patrick, ready. All right, here we go. Patrick Levon Mahomes is going to win the 2022 NFL MVP, and I think that all of the narratives that we've seen surrounding this football team, people beginning to doubt people beginning to think that you know the shine has wore off this era of Chiefs football because Tyreek Hill is no longer here. I think there is enough doubt in this in the minds of the voters for the NFL MVP that Patrick Levon Mahomes is going to garner enough attention with a different set of skill players, the likes of Jody Fortson, the likes of Noah Gray, the likes of Justin Watson as complimentary pieces who combined last year for 12 catches, 83 yards, and I believe three touchdowns between the three of them. I think this is the year that 
you know, the, the correction kind of hits. Like, I think there's been times and moments where Patrick Mahomes has been, I, I think Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the world. I think he has been for the last four years. Has it always been the most consistent? No, but I think this is a year where he earns that, that MVP award, because I think the narratives surrounding this team and this version of this team are, um, are changing enough that it's going to, it's going to, it's going to happen. And what we saw in a preseason game, don't get me wrong, but what we saw in this last preseason game were positive indicators that we are on track to see that because we saw a lot of secondary pieces, a lot of, you know, role players contributing and finding opportunities out of structure for big explosive plays. Justin Watson, explosive play. That one was in structure, but that was a fantastic execution by Mahomes beating a blitz, uh, a free rusher coming off the edge. I think about Mahomes buying time in the pocket, extending the play, Noah Gray having the wherewithal to take his dig route and, and extend vertically, and Mahomes dropping a, a touch pass over. The chemistry is really good with, with a lot of these weapons. This is a deeper group of weapons. It's a different group of weapons, and there's not the same kind of name recognition that we've had in the past. And I think the storm is brewing for Patrick Mahomes to have a great year, for this offense to have a very successful season, and for him to bring home some hardware, because I think I think the narrative shift enough that people are gonna be like, oh yeah, it's not as fun. It's not as fun to create a, a, a controversy uh, with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. We're just gonna we're gonna stack him forth among these five, you know, among these four quarterbacks. I don't think we're getting that this year. I think people are gonna uh, finally correct back to where it should be with the Mahomes narrative, and I think he wins an MVP this year. Are you sitting down? Are you ready for this? Yeah. I think you are completely full of sh- – no, I, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I I think what we've seen so far, uh, there, there's a couple things at play here, right? I agree with the, the premise of what you're going with. I think that there is enough – I don't want to say disrespect, but enough hype It's disrespect. Around- there's a little disrespect. You know- I don't think so. I think it's hype around other players. I think there's other young, impressive quarterbacks in the league right now that are drawing attention, which means eyes are coming off of Mahomes when you want to go immediately to the first guy you want to watch. I disagree with them, but if you want to come out and tell me that Josh Allen's your first quarterback to watch, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, if you're into that sort of no, thing, like stupid, fine. you're no. wrong, but fine. Right. I think there's enough hype on other guys that if Patrick Mahomes comes out and clearly outperforms them, especially with this quote-unquote lesser supporting cast, he's going to get a lot of MVP hype, and he absolutely deserves it. I think there's also another level. He's clearly put in, not that he doesn't every year, but he's put in a lot of work this offseason to kind of make these things work. Things look really good right now. The timing stuff is working. The freelance stuff is obviously still there. It was awesome to get to see some of that. Real quick, I know. I want to jump in. I think I think – they the I think everybody's really drilled scramble scramble rules extremely well like that like ev- even even the secondary guys like I Noah Gray turning that thing up off the dig and Mahomes trusting to throw that touch pass to hit him it's like I just think about like even in camp it feels like you know the way they've drilled scramble rules guys are guys are in tune with Pat and Pat's in tune with those guys it's been really fun to watch and it, you're right it's it's a deep roster of guys that has good chemistry with Mahomes please continue. No, and so I think there's I think the way it's setting up is very good for him to be successful. I think he'd be successful no matter what. But I think when I look at what the Chiefs have, I actually think things are gearing up to be really successful. So Travis Kelsey, and from the limited we've seen from Juju Smith Schuster, it's just training camp. I get it, but 
the connection that he seems to have with those two, whether it's on timing routes or on broken plays and just this unnatural trust for those, or this natural trust to those two guys. I think there's that, like they already have that knocked down. I think you see it with MVS and Justin Watson that when he sees, and McCole Hardman, when he sees a mismatch he wants, he will air it out. He has confidence in his ability to throw it to those guys. Maybe they're not always on the same page, but all those guys have the physical upside to just run by someone, to be bigger or stronger than someone. Like they have the recipe to make all this stuff work. He has an offensive line that is going to be able to, you know, give him enough time most of the time to make these plays. He's getting these second reaction plays. I think we've kind of seen it in the NFL. The NFL defenses are so worried about taking away second reaction plays right now that they're going to give you the easy stuff. Mahomes has guys he trusts to do the easy stuff with. Andy Reid will scheme him up enough to take other easy stuff off his plate. And then when he does have to get to the second reaction plays, he's the best in the NFL, but one of five guys that is able to still hit big plays when defenses are solely focused on taking them away. Obviously, the top-end talent is lesser without Tyreek Hill. I think the whole collection, though, of this receiving group, I think it aligns a little bit better. I think that there's a little bit more overall trust in you know multiple guys rather than just one guy to consistency make too yeah across to the board in, to be in the right spots like i'm with you i think it's there you might not get a 1500 yard receiver but man like if justin watson ends this year with 500 yards i'm not shocked the sky more you will get there in a second does i'm still not shocked but like there's multi there's what four receiver five wide receivers on this team you could easily see topping 500 yards this year and yeah. it wouldn't be surprising like if they all did it, if any of them, like whatever it is. So I like the weapons. I like what I'm seeing. I think he has a different mindset this year. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch him play. Not that I'm not always, but like, I think it's a different level and just kind of different this year. Three drives, three touchdowns. Juju Smith-Schuster hasn't caught a pass yet. Uh, McColl didn't play last night or on Saturday night. Like, I mean... They they did all that and you know I mean Kelsey had two catches twenty three yards that game like he he still he still got his in two drives but like I still I I look at this and I'm just man there's a lot to be excited about there's a lot to be excited about with the depth of this group all these guys have different traits that they bring to the table that I mean I talked about this like Justin Watson being able to run the slice the slice route from the slot and you know being able to track the ball over his shoulder and have the long speed to be able to run away from some of these guys like that just that defined traits valuable you saw sky Moore running the demarcus robinson uh the the pcp the post corner post route like that throw goes back line that's a touchdown by the way um i just Trent green I, even called him out on it yeah it was it was underthrown you you and i talked about it in the dms during the game or right after but and then i went back and watched the game and like Trent green just straight up said he's like i bet if pat mahomes or if mahomes had that back he'd want to put it a little bit deeper and a little bit further inside now it stinks that that was Sky Moore's one target on the entire game. And oh. he got a chance to make a play on the ball, but not really, right? Like it wasn't in a spot where he could really high point it given where he was. Mahomes put it in a spot where the corner could make a play. Like it sucks that that was Sky Moore in this game with McCole Hardman out, with Juju Smith-Schuster out, that that was his singular target. That's a different story, but I think he was open. I think you run that play back again, and you see what a better throw, a better place throw does there. Now, also, I believe it was Orlando Brown Jr. gave up a little bit of pressure there. It was he didn't have he didn't have a completely clean pocket to make that throw. I don't think it was bad, but I think it was a little bit of pressure again, prevented a perfect throw from being made. I, I just got to get to it. 
Sky oh. Moore, man. Like this was this was the game. This is the game I thought we were gonna see. And not only did he lose snaps to Justin Watson, which okay, I'm still disappointed. I don't think Justin Watson's been a great surprise. I watch him. I don't think he does anything special. I don't think he gets open doing anything special. He just kind of runs and then ends up open. He does the Joe, he does the Jordy Nelson. He just runs and ends up open. And he's big and he's fast and he's just open, which is awesome. That as a Chiefs fan, that's great. That's fantastic to have. It was disappointing to see Sky more behind him, but it makes sense. To lose like two snaps to Doris Fountain with the first team. What are we doing here? Why is Doris Fountain taking why is Doris Fountain ever taking snaps with the first team, but let alone from a rookie wide receiver that you want to see step in? I hate that they pushed him just into the McCole Hardman role, stuck him on the outside, ran a couple behind the line of scrimmage jet motions, and then said run vertical. I think that's a complete waste of his skill set. Can he do it? Yeah, probably. I think it's a complete waste of his skill set, though. So I don't know what the Chiefs are trying to do with that. I hate that usage for him. I think that was terrible. Like, I think that decision was absolutely terrible. And then to not play him a little bit deeper into the game, I get it. It's not with Mahomes, but to not play him deeper and give him a chance to do the stuff that he really excels at, it didn't really scratch my head a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, doesn't that tell you something at the same time if he's not running with Mahomes too? Like, I he's wide receiver five, maybe? I that's, what, that's what I got from Justin Watson got a lot more snaps though. Yeah. I, I, mean, like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm looking too hard into that one quite yet. Maybe I should be looking a little bit harder into it. But, like, it does feel like uh, Sky Moore's gotten a lot more opportunities during camp than Justin Watson. Like, and it, it feels yeah. like there's been a lot more there. So, like, you know, maybe there's a reason. Maybe they're playing a little cat and mouse with Sky Moore a little bit. little, little gamesmanship with his, with his usage there in that regard. I don't know. It's worth monitoring for sure. But, like, I'm not too nervous yet about Sky Moore. I think he's going to get his opportunities. I think there's going to be a role for him in in, in year one. Uh, I don't think he's going to get taken his opportunities completely taken away from uh, by Justin Watson. You know, like I I just I still don't I, I don't buy it quite yet. I just think there's a lot to like about what Sky can do. You can do more with Sky. Um, the full reveal for for how they'll use him in season. Like there's I, I think there's a plan for him. I still I still feel confident that there's a plan. Anything else okay. on offense though? Oh no, you go. Oh, you want something? Yeah so much should justin watson be in contention to take mvs's job no why not I, i'm not there's, disagreeing yeah i'm just asking why not i understand like there's it's been it's not been the prettiest thing with marquez marquez valdez scantling to this point but there's a track record with mvs of mm -hmm. success in this league enough to warrant a decent sized contract i'm still betting on the sample size of real games that matter over i mean justin watson didn't catch a pass last year so i'm betting on mvs and the track record still but yeah it hasn't been great for mvs to this point there's been some drop issues which was one of the things that he battled in green bay yeah and i don't i don't know if he's the best freelance route runner right i think he did a really good job in the first game of working to open space and mahomes had to roll and hitting him the quick pass but i think that's something that isn't entirely a broken play yet. It's not entirely an adjustment. It's just like understanding scramble drill rules, which is something that I'm sure he got very well with Aaron Rodgers. I just don't, him and Mahomes clearly aren't on the exact same page at all times right now. You mix in some questionable, you know, like hands ability. And I just, I wonder if there's not a path to Justin Watson stealing some reps for him as we go. Because Justin Watson, pretty decent blocker actually. And I know that's something that MVS is good at. 
But if you're looking for a big physical presence, they can stretch the field vertically. I just described those same exact two players, right? So like, why is there like, why I don't see a reason why I can't say MVS should 100% stay ahead of Watson at all times. If he continues to drop the ball. Now I'm not saying Watson should be ahead of him either. I just was, you know, wondering if that should be a thing. Um, Okay. Next big question. Run game. Concerned? Not concerned? Mm, I I'm not like I I'm 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 not super I'm not super high on the backs um to this point and it's it's not a overreaction to one run from Isaiah Pacheco either I just I don't I don't think I don't think the run games look particularly good I, I don't think it's always been blocked super cleanly I mean some of the I think some of the gap stuff took a, a step back some of the stuff that we saw to this point um but also I don't think the backs are reading everything out great so it's definitely looked a little bit off and maybe that's the case, you know, maybe that's something that's relatively normal considering, you know, the type of offense, the chiefs run and we're still only mid camp. There's still plenty of time for it to get better. I feel like we've had conversations about this in the past, a little bit of worried about the offensive line, the you know, in training camp, mid training camp. And then by the time it got to the season, it looked infinitely better. Um, so, you know, I think we were really, I think we were terrified of the offensive line against the Browns week one last year. And, it, you know, it, yeah. it was, it, it served capable. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of work to do in the next three weeks before their first game. Um, but I don't know if I'm overreacting or reacting too strongly to what we've seen in the run game so far. Yeah, I'm trying to remain a little bit more midline and like relying a little bit. I BJ talked about it during the post game show is, you know, what's the motivation for the offensive line to go out there and be killers, you know, for a preseason game? And like one, I would kind of like, well, Trey Smith wants to kill people every season. He did. <laughs> he did on that yeah. pass play on the on you the know, dump did. down no. to, to um, Mahomes or I to McKinnon. Their timing just seems a little bit off with the run game. The running backs seem a little bit behind the offensive line. The offensive line doesn't seem to hang on some of their zone blocks as long as the running backs need. It's just the timing seems off, which is something that should get better as the year goes on. But I'm not not concerned. I think it's awesome to be able to get one yard when it's third and one. But if you have to get to third and one every single series because you pass the ball and never because you can run the ball, that's a problem, right? I think it's different to say when we need a yard, we can get two yards. But if you you know just want to not make Mahomes be great every single play, I think there's value in that. And right now, the Chiefs need Mahomes to be great every single play because the running game is just bad. It just doesn't look good. I do want to give it a little bit more time to gel because, like I said, it looks like a timing issue, but... You know, I don't know. I don't know if Andy Reid teams drill the run game enough to ever fully flush out the run game until you get deep into a season. And then even then, does it actually get better in the later half of the year? I don't know. Uh, And, you know, we're big. We've been consistently Isaiah Pacheco fans on this channel. We've got, you know, we've got pretty good receipts on Pacheco from before he was a chief. But there's still limitations on what he's capable of doing. There's limitations on what, Clyde Edwards Lair is capable of doing. And Jarek McKinnon is a complimentary piece. I don't think is ever going to get a full role in this offense where he's going to be the workhorse. But and it's wild because he runs their runs the best. When he, he got his little stretch last year, he ran absolutely. them the best. Absolutely. I remember it didn't he it was like the playoff game. He like bowled over that D back the, right. the D back against in the Steelers game. Even if you weren't running guys over, he just sets the blocks up the best. And yeah. 
he attacks the right hole and then makes the right cut off the right block. So like, he very clearly of those three guys you've mentioned has run the Chiefs scheme the yep. best and had the best success. But like he's done it the best, and they're just like, eh, nah, you're just a receiver. They, they can't, they can't put a workload on him. I just, I they can't. I mean, this maybe is, I this had a hard. Maybe we're time. just waiting for the postseason for him for the second year in a row. Fine I'm okay with me. that if that's the plan. I, that's why I says like you should. They should just like before Rojo fell off a cliff. Uh. I think I was just like, yeah, hey, let's that. put yeah, put Jarek McKinnon on ice until like the late season, and then just bring him on to come and <laughs> dominate. That was literally like I was like, why not? But yeah, I think there's something to be desired in the running game. Like I, I think all three of those guys have defined traits, but like you know, there's something to be desired. There's not. I, I you're hoping Isaiah Pacheco can be a little bit more more of the explosive guy. I think, you know, he's got the long speed. He's got good hands, some good contact balance. Like there's some traits there you like, but he's still got, he's still got a ways to go to kind of really, you know, help round out that group. Still reason to be excited. He'll still get opportunities. He'll still be a solid player, but you know, I, I, there's, I think the running back room needs to step up a little bit for the remainder of the year of the, of the preseason. So, so I know we've left some meat on the bone here for the offense. If you got something you really want to talk about, we can, but if you are, or do you want to open it up to questions from people for these last, you know, one one more thing. Uh, sure. We've seen back shoulder stuff drilled. We've seen a little bit more outside the numbers throws drilled during training camp. We saw Jody Fortson catching a nice back shoulder throw for a touchdown. MVS is a guy that they've tried to give some opportunities outside the numbers a little bit. I wonder if we're going to get a few more outside, you know, outside back shoulder type throws this year to continue to compliment and, you know, build upon this offense. And I'm here for it. And look, Jody Fortson, like I, it's probably not fair that 51 minutes into the show that we, we just mentioned Jody Fortson. I guess we did mention him earlier very briefly, but my goodness, I've been a very late adopter on Jody Fortson. <laughs> I am all in. I am all in. Like, I do think that there, I think there's an opportunity for this guy. Like there's enough here for me to believe that he is a guy that can be a very valuable red zone threat. He did some really good things in the red zone last year. I was like, that's really nice to see. I would have liked to see it a larger sample size. Well, I know it's just one other additional game, but two more plays consistent, difficult catches, not the easiest catches in the world, especially out of structure on the scramble in the red zone, which is tight quarters. That's difficult to navigate two great plays from Jody Fortson. And I'm very excited about him. His story is outstanding. And it's been so cool to see a guy like that basically not make it as the receiver, rework his body, make it as a tight end, have an Achilles injury, come back extremely quickly and play like this. I'm very impressed with what we've seen out of Jody Fortson so far. I I agree. Um, I, uh, yeah, it's something on that here in a second. I just want to say, Guys, if you have questions you want us to answer, we're going to try to rapid fire answer them here as we wrap this up today. Stuff we don't get to, we'll try to touch on later this week, you know, on Thursday when we come back. Or I guess Wednesday. Maybe, we'll figure out Wednesday now because the game's on Thursday. We're moving stuff all around on you. I also, other scheduling change. KCS and Update is going to be premiering at 9.30 Central Time. So, you know, just a little bit after this ends, 9.30 Central Time, KCS and Update is coming at you guys, being premiered on the YouTube channel. Make sure you've liked, subscribed before it starts. Get in there. Watch that too. Jody Fortson though. Uh, yeah, I want. The play was great. I don't need to expand on it because we're getting low on time here. I thought he was really good. 
I want to see him take some of Noah Gray's reps where he's inserting or being used as a blocker mm. because Noah Gray can't block. No, these insert plays, they're fun. Noah Gray's terrible at them. He gets blown up in the hole. So when a running back does one, you're not following a tight end on an insert play. That it's not, it's not a lead blocker. He's there to pick up a backside player most of the time. There's exceptions, but most of the time he's picking up a backside player. You're not following him. But Noah Gray gets blown up a lot on split zone. He gets blown up a lot as an insert player. He can't really block in line. I would love to see Jody Fortson get some of those reps too to figure out is Blake Bell entirely necessary or not? Because right now the Chiefs have one tight end who's really good at blocking that wants to. Kelsey doesn't have to block at this point in his career. That's fine. I'm okay with it. Don't He's want good him to. A receiver. Yeah, yeah, doesn't need to. But we need a tight end that can block. It isn't Noah Gray. It's not Noah Gray. It needs to be Jody Fortson. I want to see him not only catch back shoulder co- plays, but also get out there and just get some of these blocking reps. And while we're on Jody Fortson, I did want to ask this from Donnie the Couch. If Jody Fortson gets eight plus touchdowns this year, how good is the offense? Oh, that's they're elite. They're the best. Like they're one of the best offenses in football. And it's this is a little bit of a Maddie answer, but if you're getting eight touchdowns out of Jody Fordson, I think you're getting a lot of other good things happening with all these complimentary pieces, and you're seeing the byproduct of how this whole thing has worked in the absence of Tyreek Hill. So I think it's a byproduct of a lot of good things happening structurally through this offense, personnel-wise through this offense. The ball's getting spread around a little bit, and Jody Fordson carves out that niche as a red zone player. Right. That's the trick. I think he's a red zone touchdown specialist that gets you eight touchdowns. He's still probably receiving touchdowns. I mean, second, maybe third on the team because he's just not playing that much. He's clearly tied in four right now based on what the Chiefs have done. So like you're tied in fours catching eight touchdowns. This offense is going to set records, right? Uh, well, Noah so- Gray is catching three regardless. Like it's it. It's like two or three is tops for Noah Gray. Like Jody sure. Fortson, it, Jody Fortson could get less snaps than Noah Gray, and and Jody Fortson will score more touchdowns than no, than no, Gray absolutely. And I Blake just mean his total his yeah. total snap count's going to be so low, but you're also getting eight touchdowns out of him. Travis Kelsey, what's he doing? What's the running game doing? The running backs, Juju, McColl, and Via, like all these guys. I think eight touchdowns out of a tight end four, no matter when you use them, would be absolutely insane. <laughs> also um, means the running game didn't get better. Well, yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> okay, what other questions do we have here? Okay, is Shane Buchel a lock? Um, I think Shane Buchel's bad. I think he's a bad player. I think he's terrible. Chad Henney, lock. Lock it up. I know some people are trying to talk QB2 competition. Chad Henney's so much better than Shane Buchel for this team. I don't know. Shane Buchel is not making this football team. He's a practice squad player. I don't think there's any chance that he's making this football team. They're um, giving him a chance to take it, and he's not. And look, I think sh- there's like... Shane Buchel's legs have been nice. Like he's been running the ball effectively, efficiently. There's been a couple. Like I like some of the. There's some. There's some nice little touch plays and some touch. Some there's some throws with some touch that he's been able to you know show to this point. I think the consistency's been really up and down. And you got to ask yourself, like, okay, if I put him on the first team offense, what happens? You know. And so I still think Chad Henney's the known commodity. He's he's a trusted kind of consistent player. Um, I think you hold on to Sh- I'm fine. I I'm a proponent of holding on to Shane Bichelle in the practice squad though. Yeah, he's fine, but he throws a lot of ducks. Like you can't, if you're not seeing the game pristine, you can't throw the ball like he does. I think that's where I go. You can't throw the, you can't throw as many ducks as he does and be afraid to push the ball. If you're not seeing the field perfectly, Chad Henney, not it's perfectly, but he, 
is very smart at this point in time in his career. He helps Mahomes by how smart he is. If he has to come in, he can run a competent offense, not as good, but competent. Shane Buchel is just rough. It's a rough watch. Um, so, yeah, I think he's a lock to not make the team. Um, Gina Chiefs, tight ends. How do you like what, what's the depth chart for tight ends for you? Well, uh, Travis Kelsey's tight end one. I think Blake Bell's kind of tight end two, but not. I mean, he's the he's the guy that has the blocking trait, the blocking skill set, the trust, the guy that's trusted to be the inline blocker. So he's going to eat up those opportunities where Noah Gray and Jody Fortson won't. Um, Gray has. It kind of feels like Gray's got some more opportunities there. Um, and, and Jody Fortson, I mean, he's still coming back too. like, we haven't seen a ton of Jody Fortson either. So like, who knows, but like, they all have, they all have roles on this team. If you're officially kind of like, if you're looking at a snap count perspective, perspective, that's probably, that's probably how I'd rank it so far. I think it's tied into one and Travis Kelsey and tied into a B and C and it all depends on where they are on the field and what yeah. the down and distance is. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think Bell gets more snaps because of the inline stuff and probably the QB and I think stuff and all people that. are going to be mad that Blake Bell gets snaps, but he's going to because he's the one guy that we've mentioned that can be trusted to block a defensive yep. end on a run play, sit in and pass protect, you know, that they feel comfortable running these trick plays with. He's that guy. Uh, so I think it's there. Um, finally, here we go from Morgan C and from Corey Gott and everybody else. Did Colin Saunders win his roster spot last game or does he still need to show out Thursday? Uh, I think he's, I don't know if he's locked it up, but he's close. And I think something he's looked a lot better since Danny Shelton got signed. I'll give you that. Like, I think there's, there's a lot to be encouraged about what you've seen from Colin Saunders in recent memory. Um, you still got questions. I still have questions about like, you know, if he's, if he's going to play like a true one tech, but he's been able to get in the back. So he's been able to make some plays. That was a horrific call on the, uh, roughing the passer. Uh, which was unfair to him. But I, I think he's done some good things since Danny Shelton got signed. I think Danny Shelton was a direct, you know, call to 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 Colin, honestly. And I think Colin stepped up to the plate. Yeah, this has been his best offseason, I think, by far for the Jesus. The by far in the preseason games and everything that he has shown the most. I'm quickly looking through some of the snap counts and He's getting on the field at the same time as any of the other backups. You know, he got out there the same time as Stallworth, as Danny Shelton, like the same series. He seems like he's playing more than them, though. He's flashed a little bit more. I think he is the best version of a tweener from what Tershawn Wharton and Danny Shelton are. He's big enough that he can take up space against the run. He's explosive enough that he can provide some pass rush. There's value in that player. I don't know. Are the Chiefs looking for specialized player and there's in their backups? Or are they looking for the best all-around player? I do think this. With another really good game, I think he can earn a spot. I think that that fourth defensive tackle spot, and if they're going to keep four or five, is still up for grabs. He can earn it. He can still earn it, I think, right now. It's just, will he? I don't know. So, like, I wouldn't feel comfortable if I were him just kind of sleepwalking through this final game. Maddie, there's something about this show that when it's you and only one other host... It's required do to go. It's required to go over an hour. You and Craig together still have the longest podcast that we have ever recorded together. Yeah, but it's a little bit more <laughs> infrequent that it goes over an hour. This one did, but it's been a lot of fun. That is it for the KC Laboratory. Hey, nine thirty. Check out the premiere of KCSN Daily. 
uh, it will be up here. Find the find the premiere, uh, find the notification if you can, so you know it's coming. Be heard. Be sure to hit the subscribe button on this on this show on this uh, on this station. We got a lot of great stuff going. We got every sport in KC covered. Um, you can check out our stuff on Substack too. The link is in the description. That is it for us. We'll catch you later, guys. Thanks. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.